Your phone rings. You hear the unthinkable. You cry out in pain when you hear there's been a shooting at your child's primary school. The great unknown yesterday, as I first heard 14 children and a teacher had died, the numbers then grew. Nearly a decade ago, it was a mass shooting at another school, Sandy Hook. Two weeks ago, a supermarket in Buffalo. Yesterday at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, another mass shooting. Once again, a young man who grew up in the area blamed for the attack. He was shot and killed there. He's also blamed for the shooting death of his grandmother shortly before gunfire at the school. For just a short moment, let's take off the glasses of blame. Let's lay aside debating the human causes and cures. Take the Bible at its word. We live in a crooked and perverted generation. The only answer is Christ. Our calling, shine his light with faith and hope. Welcome to Haven Today, here on a Wednesday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story with you that's all about Jesus. And we're midway through a series this week called Made in God's Image. The very first thing the Bible tells us about the human race is that we were made in the image and likeness of God. Looking around at the world today, that may not be so obvious with the way we treat each other. Every human community in every age has seen the horrors of sinful behavior. Given these facts, can we really still claim to be made in God's image? Well, in today's program, we'll be looking at how sin has corrupted every single one of us. Yet Christ worked to redeem that image and renew us in him. And we'll also hear from a late friend of this ministry who worked for years at a pregnancy resource center that helped women see the very image of God in the lives of their unborn children. And so she grabbed the screen and turned it around and she saw the image of her baby. And she said, Mm. no way am I doing this. The next thing I knew, Pamela was running through our front door, through the hallway, and burst into my office and said, you were right, I can't do this. That's the late Lisa Woolley. We'll hear an interview I did with her in 2019 when she shares how pregnancy resource centers across North America are helping women, children, and even men understand the value of human life. And we're also learning that in different ways, aren't we? The producers of Unplanned, the movie about Abby Johnson, would have said they valued human life. But that didn't necessarily mean they were going to make a movie about it. Until the day somebody told them the story, and they decided they should pray about it. Lord, I know we're doing a Western. We really want to do a Western. Please, Lord, you know, that's good. Uh, But we, you know, we pray on everything. We're doing a Western, right? Right? What I really want you no to do answer. is this. And we're like, oh, man. We read the book and it flattened us. And we just said, wow, this is a mighty work here. This is like biblical. I mean, this is a biblical situation, a biblical time, and a biblical story that can change everything. And, uh, and then he has used it for his glory. So we're okay with that. The Lord changed Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman's hearts. Just like he changed Abby Johnson's heart about abortion. Abby was the youngest Planned Parenthood clinic director in the nation. She even won an award for her service. But when she witnessed her first abortion procedure and saw the baby's humanity 
on an ultrasound machine. Her mind and her heart changed forever. After the program, I want to invite you to make contact with us. And for your gift to Haven Today, we'll send you a DVD that tells Abby Johnson's story in a most powerful way. The movie is important for teens and adults to see. We're not recommending it for young children. Our phone number for after the program is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. And our web address where you can watch the trailer to the movie is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. We open now with a group called the City Harmonic. Let there be light. From the chaos you composed, a song that all creation knows. You took a mess and you made life. You said, Let there be light. Word of God, God from the start, recreating human hearts. Make us like the moon at night. City Harmonic, and let there be light here on this Haven Today. 
I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me on this program called Made in God's Image. Now, I want you to hear an interview I did with a woman named Lisa Woolley. She recently went home to be with the Lord, but in 2019, we spoke with her. For many years, she ran the Pregnancy Resource Center in San Bernardino that helps women see the value of their unborn child. And I asked Lisa to share one story that really stood out about a life that was saved. Charles, in my 15 years of being executive director at a Pregnancy Resource Center, um, I have a face um, that just pops into my mind every time. Her name is Pamela. And uh, Pamela um, had red hair and green eyes, beautiful young woman uh, who had moved to Southern California from Arizona. And uh, she had moved from where her mother lived because she had gotten into a relationship with a man who was not safe for her. When she moved to Southern California, she went to work for a family that attended a church that partnered with our center. And uh, when Pamela found out she was pregnant with this man's child, her first response was, there is no way I am going to have this child and be connected to him for the rest of my life. So Pamela started searching for ways that she could find an abortion. And uh, the people that she was working for kept talking to her about life about the child's life and about the fact that God had planned this life regardless of the circumstance. But Pamela was not to be detoured. She was determined to abort, but she did, however, decide to come in and meet with us. So I spent lots and lots of time with Pamela. Even though she was determined to abort, she had an appointment for an abortion, uh, she kept coming in to talk to me. And she sat in my office for a long time and just asked questions. I gave her a fetal model of a 12-week-old um, developed fetus, and she was astounded. I gave her a little pin with, we call it precious feet, that um, showed her what the shape and the size of an actual 10-week developed uh, baby looked like, and Pamela was blown away. And so she kept coming back. But the day came for her abortion, and her mom in Arizona had said to her that she'd come if she scheduled an abortion, but she wouldn't come to see Pamela if she had decided to carry the baby. So she came because Pamela had scheduled the abortion. And they went to the uh, abortion clinic, and um, they Pamela got up on the table, and as they always do, they did an ultrasound with the screen turned away. Well, Pamela said, this feisty little redhead said, I'm paying for this, I'm going to see. And so she grabbed the screen and turned it around, and she saw the image of her baby, and she said, mm. no way am I doing this. The mom saw the image of the baby and said, no way are you doing this. The next thing I knew, Pamela was running through our front door, through the hallway, and burst into my office and said, you were right. I can't do this. 
I can't do this. And the mom was crying and said, how close we came, this is my grandchild. The image of God is truly what people begin to realize when they see that even unborn, you know, Psalm 139, in my inmost parts, you wove me together. Hmm. Uh, people see that that's true and that God truly is at work in that process and that that baby, though conceived in some manner that they consider less than um, desirable, is still their baby. Hmm. And that's that's the beauty of those pregnancy centers offer. Yes. Lisa, somebody's listening to us right now. They're not where you are, but uh, there's help in other places, help everywhere, isn't there? Yes. There's um, over 2,000 centers that um, I'm aware of in just North America. Each one has a different... A way of doing things. Each one operates differently, but their primary reason for existing as a nonprofit is to help uh, women and families who are experiencing an unplanned or just a difficult pregnancy and, and need help. They need resources. They need people who care for them, who will spend time talking through life and helping them make good decisions for not just the the baby that's on the way, but for the parents and for the other children. Um, it's the desire of each center to be helpful. Lisa Holy, I'll see you in a couple of days with your husband, Mike, in, uh, in the Holy Land. I know. I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us here on Haven today. You're welcome. The late Lisa Woolley talking with me in 2019. I'm thankful for her friendship and her service to Christ in her community. I'm also thankful to know she's with Jesus right now. This is Haven Today and a program called Made in God's Image. The very first thing the Bible tells us about the human race is that we were made in the image and likeness of God. Looking around the world today, that may not be so obvious. Wars, racism, sexism, all sorts of problems can be found in every human community, in every age, in every corner of the globe. Given these facts, can we really still claim to be made in God's image? We're in this series, Made in God's Image. And now I want us to look at how that image is redeemed and renewed in Jesus Christ. That in itself implies some sort of corruption or distortion of the image. There is a history here, and it really can't be overstated that understanding this history is crucial to resolving the tension involved in being God's fallen image bearers. You see, in the beginning, the Lord created humanity in his image. He called his creation good. No, scratch that. In Genesis 1.31, he called them very good. The Lord had created Adam and Eve in all knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. They were the crown jewel among the rest of his creation, and they were charged with its rule. But before long, Adam and Eve sinned. Holiness became wickedness. Righteousness became guilt. 
Knowledge was defective because it had chosen evil over good. So what happened to the image of God? Was it lost, destroyed, or revoked? Well, we know from places in Scripture like Genesis 9-6 and James 3-9 that the image remained in effect, but that now it was totally defective. So although humanity still bears God's image, we are also capable of cursing one another, as James 3 says, or even murdering fellow image bearers, as Genesis 9 reveals. Have you ever bought something online or in the store, and when you got home and you took it out of the box, it didn't work? (laughs) We've all had that happen to us, and it happened to me once with a toaster. It wouldn't toast a single slice of bread. Now, the box said it was a toaster. The toaster looked like the picture on the box. Still, it wouldn't toast anything. It was defective. I think we can learn something from my defective toaster about what it meant to be the fallen image bearer of God. The image remains in effect, but the stain of sin has made it thoroughly defective. The fact that the image of God remains in us also means that every single human being is dignified. We talked about that earlier in the week. And human dignity has some concrete implications. For example, Genesis 6-9 makes it clear that murdering a fellow image bearer demands justice. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. The language there isn't talking about just males, but mankind, men and women, together. Intentionally harming any human being is unacceptable in God's eyes. Whatever their sex, skin color, country of birth, capacity of their minds, or capability of their bodies, God calls them his image bearer, and so they must be protected. The one with Down syndrome, the one with Parkinson's disease, whether in the womb or in a wheelchair, any human being is an image-bearing creature of Almighty God. Just take a moment. Revel in that fact. Nothing and nobody else can make that sort of claim. And if you are bound in a wheelchair listening to me right now or have a physical disformity like I do, you are still a creature of God bearing his image. True, everything around us was made by God. Spacious skies, amber waves of grain, purple mountains, majesty. But only humanity was made in the image and likeness of God. Psalm 19 tells us that the heavens declare God's glory, but only humans reflect the glory of his likeness. The next time you're startled by the beauty of a sunset, remember that you reflect the beauty of God. On the other hand, the sin that rendered our image defective means that we need to be fixed, repaired. Maybe that sounds too mechanical to you, like we're just a machine. What we really need is to be reconciled and restored. Sin breached our relationship with God. It was personal alienation at the most ultimate level. And so part of what God promises to do in Christ is conform us to the image of his Son. 
That's what Romans 8.29 tells us. Verses like Colossians 3.10 and Ephesians 4.24, explaining that the Lord will renew his people in Christ in all knowledge, holiness, and righteousness. That implies forgiveness, but it also is a whole lot more than mere forgiveness. To be renewed in knowledge requires a personal relationship with God, who becomes our Father through Jesus Christ. To be restored in holiness enables us to enjoy our Father forever as co-heirs with Christ. To be reconciled in righteousness removes any need to try again, because Christ declared from his cross, it is finished. The fact that every man and woman bears the image of God means we need to seriously consider how we treat one another. The fact that sin has corrupted and distorted every aspect of God's image within us means that we need to consider seriously the command of Christ to repent and believe his gospel. Only then can we gain access to the kingdom of God, where we can enjoy fellowship with Christ and one another forever. Made in your image Filled with your breath inside my lungs Crowned with your blessing You're proud of the work you've done I am I am held, I am held by the one who won't let go. I am held, I am held, I am held by the lover of my soul. The album is called Canvas and Clay. That's Pat Barrett, and I am held here on Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. Perhaps you are struggling with your corrupted image. Well, I want to encourage you, even today, maybe even right now, to visit haventoday.org and check the little button called Resources. 
And the article we have on knowing God, you can know God through Jesus Christ. And this article will explain that to you. Jesus can restore you. He can also redeem you, no matter what's happened in your life. Abby Johnson thought she was helping humanity by serving women at her local Planned Parenthood office. She ran the office. But her life took an unexpected turn when she saw an abortion performed for the first time. Yes, I know it's hard to hear. It's a challenging movie to watch. My wife turned her head, but still listened at a couple of points. But Unplanned also shows how God can change hearts on the matter of abortion and yes, bring redemption. The movie is not for young children. I said that earlier. But I do believe teens and even adults should watch it to better understand the subject of abortion. I know Unplanned will help anybody who sees it also see the humanity of unborn children, just as Abby discovered. And it will also help you see that healing and forgiveness are available from the Lord for all who've been affected by abortion. Here's our phone number to call right now to decide the issue for yourself. 800-654-2836. And on our website, we've put up the trailer for the movie, and you can choose to get it that way. Haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll be sharing together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It was the Apostle Paul, nearly 2,000 years back, who said that in fact, Anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. It's not an accident. It's not optional. The crucible, trial by fire, or maybe better to think of as a sponge. Circumstances squeeze, and in that moment, whatever we've been soaking in will come out. Persecution hurts, but loving our neighbor and living a godly life is worth it. We don't go looking, but trouble finds us. In fact, Jesus says we're blessed when we are persecuted, persecuted for righteousness, for his name's sake. If you want to live a godly life, you'll face trouble. By the grace of Christ, you'll endure trouble. Get Anchor devotional and print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.